0: Welcome to the Two Medics podcast. My name is Thrusia Wardner. I'm a cardiology registrar, subspecializing in coronary intervention.
1: And apologies if you could just hear me opening a bottle of beer. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure. I was like, oh sugar, I should have done that before. <laughs> Apart from that, hi, my name's Beth and John and I'm a GP trainee, ex-neurosurgery trainee and still specialising in everything and nothing forever more.
0: Yeah, we should introduce your beer as well. So tell us who, who it's you actually nothing
1: special it's literally the leftover christmas heineken that okay. when we all had that horrible bug over christmas oh, yeah, it just can't, didn't can't make a dent it. so obviously i'm taking one for the team and polishing off yeah. the christmas alcohol
0: oh i said it's really good of you to i know it's been a really sword. difficult
1: time actually to try and start making a dent in that but thank you for your yeah. thoughts and much no appreciated
0: <laughs> uh, before we start with the episode uh, we should shout out our sponsors at SCRBS underscore UK. So scrubs with, they put you in scrubs. So if you follow them at, at SCRBS underscore UK on are on Twitter and Instagram, they make comfortable, practical, good looking scrubs that are appropriate for anyone who works in a clinical setting, vets, nurses, doctors, allied health professionals, dentists, you name it. They're very practical pockets everywhere. I saw some pictures online. Jamie Sherrington wearing I was going to mention.
1: He's, he's. I don't know why they aren't commissioning him. Boy. Maybe they need to. Because he's, this they is like you. the second post that he's done when he just looks too good. Fabulous, doesn't in those, he? Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah, days. he does. Fair play. Yeah.
0: So if you want to check them out, use our promo code, which is T-W-O-M-E-D-I-C-S-10. So 2Medics10. Two and you'll get 10% off. So check them out.
1: Treat and yourself.
0: That, treat yourself. The other important thing we should mention is a trigger warning for this episode. We'll be discussing the topic of suicide. It has been in a lot of posts and stuff recently. And if that's content that you're worried about hearing, and if you just skip forward, about 15, 20 minutes should be safe. Yeah. Yeah, please do. I think it's worth
1: doing that because... There was a tweet by a young lady called Lisa Ban, and this was on January the 7th, 2024. And she's a neurosurgeon in, or neurosurgery trainee in Australia. And her tweet said, I dedicated my best years to my current hospital only to be abused beyond anything I could ever imagine. They have pushed me to the point where I now plan to take my own life. I am exhausted. I am done. This pattern of discrimination and abuse stops with me, which... That is just so incredibly, so sad. yeah, it's sad, worrying, and very much sounding like someone who just feels at the end of their tether and there's no, there's no other option for them. And this has happened like a few times on med Twitter over the years that I can recall where someone's literally been in crisis for whatever reason, a member of the medical community. And I always think, thank God that they've be- had that agency and felt willing to put this on social media absolutely because it's not directly asking for help but I just it's just such a relief that people can actually post that and it's one of those things that seems to pull like the med twitter community together and the amount of over 600 replies to this young doctor and so many just reaching out to her offering her a space a message a chat anything and that was just so that's such a Good aspect of social media. And Rhea Lang, who we've mentioned quite a few times on the podcast, who's a consultant surgeon in Australia, she followed that up and said, Lisa is alive and safe. Thank you, everyone, for swift networking and support. For those criticizing her using social media in this way, please consider why someone might not use local networks that clearly feel unsafe. Twitter community, you can be proud of yourselves. I think I was just so shocked that there were people criticizing her, that tweet and her use of social media. Who are those people to say that's not normal or it's attention-seeking or it's not appropriate? I'm just so glad that she did that tweet. Things could have been yeah. very different otherwise.
0: It sucks, doesn't it? They're these kind of, There are people who read about someone in crisis and then they just want to... Yeah,
1: see. that's their first reaction, that's is what, not yeah. to actually be concerned, but to be like, why are you posting this? Yeah. In fact, yeah. doesn't that
0: go some way to explaining why that person might have felt that they've got that stage where it is so difficult to approach people locally and they're going to be met with that distrust um, Yeah, it, massively
1: um, it's why there's still uh, so much stigma isn't it and I think that it's the last thing that someone needs when they're in this position of crisis
0: I can see that so you moving on you tweeted about your involvement in um, suicide prevention yeah so um, So that's yeah that's new as of
1: that's new as of today so i met with dr alice cole king this evening on video after she very kindly asked if i wanted to get involved with her group or her kind of company that she runs called for the number four mental health and essentially what we chatted about is that this amazing kind of network makes training for suicide prevention essentially and she was saying to me that it's not just awareness because being aware of suicide yeah whatever but that can still go either way like you need to do something with that awareness and the next step is ensuring that people are safe from suicide they run lots of training and this has been going all over the world they've won various awards because of the training that they provide and it is e-learning, but it's very high quality and very tailored e-learning to GPs and consultant psychiatrists, all people, people in third sector, people in private sector, they even run training for teenagers in terms of it's, so it's just incredible. And so my role is absolutely tiny and it's part of what they call the expert reference group. And she was saying that most people in that group are not just One, they're not just a practitioner, they're not just a doctor, they're not just someone who's had lived experience of suicide, they're not someone who's just passionate about mental health. You find that most people will be able to fill a couple of those roles and that all of us are affected by suicide somehow during our lifetime. So I think the more, not just awareness, but the more strategies there are for suicide in general and also like doctors, we know the type of the population is at risk, isn't it? the rate of suicide in doctors is higher than the general population and there's so many reasons for that but i think it's just a good reminder that we need to do more in terms of like professional training but that there are things out there that we can just try and access for people just to get them to hold on that bit longer and if twitter is an avenue for that then absolutely please use it like someone is going to reach out back to you like someone if someone sees a post like that, they're not gonna scroll on by and I am so glad that people are pulled together yeah, to like to good. just just try and support her and hold her up kind of thing. So mm-hmm. but I really hope that she's doing okay. And we noticed that she's not posted anything further since. But we know, I guess, from Rhea that she's well, she's alive and okay and hanging on, I guess. So that's the main thing.
0: Yeah, so it's just is- Going on from here for her, yeah. As you say, we wish her all the best. And we wish her well. Yeah. We've got to, it's it's hard not to notice the number of responses that say stuff along the lines of reach out, and I presume that kind of means can mean many things, right? So speaking to a loved one or going onto social media and Twitter. The other kind of service that maybe people don't know so much about is with the BMA. They've got a wellbeing service which has a Twenty four seven counselling line, um, yeah. and that's for um, that's free and um, for medical students and as well as doctors. Uh, you don't have to be a BMA member. They can then go on to offering you counselling and stuff, and you need to be a member for that. And that's even available to a person's partners and dependents. So um, if sometimes in the depths of despair, it's hard to know who to reach out to, mm-hmm. and. And so just to say that there, there, there are options and one of them is the BMA. Put yeah. the number in the kind of you notes.
1: Know, yeah, absolutely. And another one I would definitely recommend as well is if kind of telephone is a bit too much for you and audibly having to speak and ask and speak about help or suicide or, or whatever. There's also the Shout helpline and um, Practitioner Health also use that as well. And you just initiate it by um texting the word shout to eight five two five eight and then you get a response and it's often there is a wait because obviously I think there's a demand for such services and th- with how everything is at the moment there is a wait but somebody like will get back to you. And sometimes I guess it's easier to text things. I'm not ashamed of yeah. I've used the shout's helpline when things have been really bad. And sometimes it's just that distraction like it snaps you out of something. And sometimes, yeah, a text conversation is just a lot less pressured. But there are, we could maybe put a list of a couple of resources, maybe in the show notes or the kind of the caption of the episode, maybe.
0: Yeah, it helps. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, seeing as we volunteered, I use the BMA one, which is why I suggested it. Good. Okay. We we'll probably move on to something. Yeah, of the other it's hard, right isn't here. it? Yeah. So you, LinkedIn. I guess with this time of year, it is a hard time of year. Um, yeah. You're looking li- you to tweet about New Year uh, from Hillary yeah. Marchand?
1: Yeah, I really like this lady's style. This is a tweet by Hilary Marchand on January the 9th, who said, Always at this time of year, I remember with huge admiration my first boss, Jennifer Jones, a librarian in London, who saved four days of her annual leave each year to take all the Mondays in January off because January is bad enough without adding <laughs> Mondays as well. That's such that's a good so idea. But yeah. what is such an effective use of using four days of annual leave, isn't it? True. That's true. A three-day true weekend a every day, every week, sorry, for January, no Monday blues.
0: Because that's yeah. the other
1: thing, isn't it, in January? And I've noticed the Samaritans tweeted today about how Blue Monday isn't a thing. But the travel industry likes us to think that Blue Monday is a thing because that's the day, apparently, Where people book the most holidays, as in that that period after Christmas. And so they tend to book trips to look forward to and they call it Blue Monday. But I think the Samaritans treated that actually it's not a thing because there is real risk, isn't it? That people are going to buy into that. Oh, I need to be feeling low and then spend beyond their means because... Oh, I see. I think So that's quite an interesting kind of, yeah, Hmm. take. I appreciated that because, yeah people don't need any excuse to get themselves into more debt and be feeling worse about themselves and stuff. But yeah, yeah. maybe we should all do a Jennifer Jones and just take every Monday off in January. But I don't know who's going to man the fort whilst we all do that, by the way. Yeah, that's a difficult one.
0: Maybe that person can just do Mondays, in which case, you know. Yeah, maybe you
1: should like alternate and everyone has to do their fair share of Mondays over their career. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. like a like doing christmas yeah that's it the christmas rotor isn't
1: it and yeah Yeah.
0: the monday in january be
1: more jennifer jones absolutely
0: maybe we could get this tory politician to do them seeing as she loves working so much you linked that tweet from god she's so
1: wild she just makes me feel really nauseous and i i was going to apologize for saying that but i'm not actually that sorry to be fair even her face is nauseating because I, i know the horribleness behind it
0: that's the thing, isn't it? But
1: yeah, so she, I think, she, yeah, that, that's it. She's a Member of Parliament. She's a Tory. She's a consultant yeah. paediatrician. How those things go in the same sentence, I have no idea. But somehow, mm-hmm. here she is. And of course, she had to get her two penitent about the doctor strikes. And she said, being a consultant, or the report says, or the article says, apologies, being a consultant paediatrician as well as a Member of Parliament is an incredibly rewarding job but the latest round of strike action made it clear to me that the BMA's Junior Doctors' Committee doesn't share the values the rest of the medical community holds dear. F you. That's all I've got to say yeah. on the matter. What the? See, yeah.
0: I remember her from her, when it came out that she voted against free school meals.
1: School meals, yes. Yeah. And I was like, disgusting. what a paediatrician. Yeah. What
0: yes. argument can you have?
1: Isn't it vile? To, to, but well. the sheer audacity to put your name to that shit. Yeah. But so but yeah, a lot of her pediatrician I mean, colleagues were just like, we're not, yeah. we do not align with that sentiment Absolutely. whatsoever. It was good to
0: see that letter from, from the Royal College of Pediatrics and Child Health. They said they uh, expressed shock at the government's decision and stated that ensuring children have enough to eat is one of the most basic human responsibilities. Every day we see the impact of hunger and malnutrition in our work as pediatricians. It is not unusual for us to care for children who don't have enough to eat or don't have access to a substantial meal outside of what is provided in school. We call on the UK government to match the pledges of the Welsh and Scottish governments to continue to provide children from low income backgrounds with free meals over the coming weeks and then to extend this until the Easter school holiday. This kind of passed her by and she voted against it. I think that gives you a measure of the kind of person it is, even yeah, this before is what you're you factor with, in. Yeah. yeah, right? Even before you factor in this, the fact that this person is a pediatrician. But it goes to show, really, that just like in any profession, you get doctors and you get some pediatricians, presumably, who are just not very nice people.
1: You're going to get all walks of life, like yeah. you do in that's it, isn't it? Pediatrics, medicine, GPs. These are all like societies of their own being and you get rotters in every kind of that's probably been a which, isn't it oh you rotter no, I like it I um, bring it back yeah you get rotters in all aspects so you're going to find them in pediatrics and stuff as well unfortunately but I just think like the, the lack of shame is just quite astounding but yeah. something else I found really annoying this week so I've, I've, I'm sure everyone is aware there was a drama on a kind of a dramatized okay. version of the post office kind of scandal called Mr. Bates versus the post office and obviously this has been an issue for decades a good couple of decades and people sub most sub postmasters and mistresses losing their livelihood going to jail people have lost their lives over it about this post office scandal and there were so many tweets on med twitter this week making comparisons between that and the junior doctors and then I know it was meant to be a joke but people saying oh ITV can you make a three-part drama about the junior doctor strike or rotational medical training and it's like, not everything has to be a comparison. And we've talked about that in many different ways before. And yeah. we're not going to rehash it. But just, I don't know. It's just this thing that it just gives me this feeling that doctors are like, or a lot of doctors are like, oh, poor us. And I just... Like, That's it, isn't it? You don't they have want... to be like that. Just fight for your cause. Absolutely. Like, it doesn't have to they... be a pity party.
0: Why are they so desperate for doctors like, to be seen as it's a marginalized weird. group? I just don't know. That's it. But, like, the the thing public is, is already
1: that... don't like us. We're not helping ourselves.
0: Yeah. but. Well you can put it the other way which is that it's perfectly fine to make impassioned uh pleas for an improvement in working conditions number of jobs and pay oh my gosh pay without <laughs> resorting to be like oh we could be a, we're like this and we're like that it just doesn't make any sense and I just don't. I just don't know. The thing, and also the thing is, is that I, because what tends to happen is when you speak, when I've spoken out about that, about how all it does is show a lack of solidarity for people who are suffering. Yeah, they make out that it's undermining the movement, whereas Mm -hmm. I think that this kind of behaviour is undermining in itself.
1: Agree. yeah
0: And also, like, where they don't, and they say, oh where are they where are they impassioned please other marginalised groups because yeah. right now they just appear really selfish and they could only say yeah. really upon themselves I've see yeah. one thing and they're like what about us what about us like,
1: yeah and that's it and doctors will never be a marginalised group like no matter how hard people try like it's not a thing yeah. and I just think that tact of like, just yeah always bringing everything back like I, I somehow was surprised that some people could make the, connection. the yeah to just make the connection between the post office scandal and being a junior doctor like it sounds so far-fetched but there it was
0: it's so like one-track minded and it's it exhausting really is. and you can make your point without having to like draw drag everything back to it all you when they speak in that way they just appear to be selfish myopic just like, everything's like me and they can make a case for being paid more based on their expertise and the importance of the jobs they do they do without undermining the movements of other people it's just it's, i don't know why it's so difficult to understand i can't believe that the next tweet you've linked them. i
1: know it's just like, it's going from one extreme to the other and i, I love how you're making it this? clear to everyone that i link this tweet i should be proud but i'm a little bit ashamed yeah. of myself Sorry, so me. i don't even know like where to start with this but this this the main. Let me maybe I'll paint a little picture. So the this was okay. in relation to the main. The original post was something a screen grab from Reddit, and whatever it was said, male here. I've never ever asked a woman that, and it would never occur to me to ask. I don't know what it's talking about. But he goes on to say, one woman I was in a very serious relationship with. I later found out I slept with literally hundreds of guys, and when I found out, my thought was cool all those guys and she chose me so fair enough and then people are taking a bit of mick out of that and then there's this reply that comes from absolutely nowhere and maybe we should say this is cpd because obviously we've got this wrong our entire lives this is true learning so the reply goes when sperm enters a woman it swims until it hits a wall and then seeps into her flesh if it is in your mouth it can what? get into your nasal areas behind your eyes Ooh, what? even sperm eyes. in your yeah, sperm eyes, even yeah. in your inner ear it oh then God. enters your bloodstream and collects right. in your brain and spine oh wow there you go i did not i do not remember that lecture in medical school it's, i yeah. must have missed that one
0: so if it gets in your mouth it goes to the nasal areas and then behind your eyes and inner ear but then it well, goes into the bloodstream is it just
1: one massive sinus? Sperm. Yeah, sperm yeah. sinus. But I just, I'm just so, like, what? Okay. How, what? Hey, what? How's How? That? What are you on? Yeah. I don't know. I don't have so many yeah. questions. I think they should keep.
0: I can't believe that they're revealing sperm secrets like this. I the know sperm, sperm takeover is being undermined. But that was guy, part of should... a
1: very small inner circle, and now, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's, it's out there. It's a...
0: Probably edit this out of the episode so people don't call on to yeah, it. Yeah, we can't, live, yeah, we can't get, get into their sperm eyes. I feel like there's a pun in know. there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere.
1: Sperm eyes. Uh, to the tune <laughs> of Bright <eyes>. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah.
0: I yeah, I think there should be a parody version of it. Oh, God,
1: that was when I just you know it's one of those tweets that you read when you can't sleep early hours in the morning and, and then you think, was that actually like that? Oh. But then it was like as we have seen. Jeez, it was, a,
0: it was mean, a real tweet. It does go to show that really anyone can open up a Twitter account and just type whatever. That could be a bot, couldn't it? It could fake be like clues, a random one. Yeah, clues. literally. They can just type whatever. And you're like, List, there's no quality so, control. Exactly. You'll the get curse. some world-renowned expert who's yeah. got like, PhDs everywhere. Like, saying stuff, And then you'll get this person named yeah. a bunch of numbers. that will be like, sperm crawls into your It's the box.
1: curse of social media. Funnily enough, I saw... There's a urologist in the States called Ashley Winter. She's a female urologist, isn't she? And I saw something recently and the the Bad Medical Takes account, which is also a very good account to follow, retweeted it where she was talking about something and literally a non-medical person was straight in her replies saying, actually, urologists Mm -hmm. only deal with penises. As if to say like a urologist Uh, couldn't uh. see a woman. And I was like, you're saying that to like an actual urologist? I think the reply would say that urologists only deal with penises and testicles because Ashley Winter had, had discussed something about vaginas or a female genital kind of really, urological right. area. And then, yeah, a, a non-neurologist decided to school a urologist on what kind of their specialty is. But yeah. maybe the bravery yeah. man just like.
0: I know. Isn't that, isn't that like pure mansplaining as well? Of course it they've is. Got, got yeah. it so wrong. And then yeah. they actually explained it to the expert. The thing is, I was like wrecking my brain just now. Where do I remember Ashley Winters from? And I do remember discussing her at a previous episode with Imran because I remember her other half as a comedian who made transphobic
1: jokes. Yeah, so, I remember
0: that. As funny as that interaction sounds, I wouldn't follow her because the company you keep, I think, tells you a lot about her. Stuff, that's just not... uh,
1: <laughs> anyway,
0: next. Oh, God, this was really good. Oh, this it, it was just,
1: hilarious. Yeah. So yeah. this this Dr. Irvin Malik posted it. It looks like a TikTok video yeah. by someone who's telling a story of an unfortunate account, encounter with a new GP. And essentially, it's quite a young lad. And it's really funny the way he's telling the story whilst walking down the street. But he's moved to a new area and he's registered with a new GP. He's really worried because he has chronic fatigue and he sounds like he's being gaslighted by the medical profession in the past. So he yeah. books an appointment with his new GP and in apparently in a busy waiting room, the GP comes out into the waiting room and <laughs> kind of calls out chronic <laughs> fatigue. And obviously for no one a gets second. that. Yeah, yeah, and for a
0: second there, he was like, oh, does someone have that as a name?
1: Yeah, so someone must have like a really cool name. And then he says like, this GP, she goes back into her room. And then comes back out and then calls his name instead. And then he's like, Did you just shout out chronic fatigue? And she's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. But he's like, Oh, don't worry. Everyone in the waiting room knows what's wrong with me. And uh, he took it so well. And he was saying that he actually loves his new GP because I think it's those interactions that make you feel normal. And it made me think. So I had a case today where I was trying to use. Wait, you didn't include a
0: punchline? What was it? Especially when he goes, thank God I didn't have diarrhoea.
1: Oh yeah, that was good. I, for- oh, I forgot. I forgot about that.
0: Oh. I was so
1: keen to tell my own story. <laughs> Go uh, um, on, tell us. But I had the patient. I was using the dermatoscope, and you have to attach it to your phone to take a picture to send to the dermatologist. Oh yeah. And I was just like trying to wind the case onto my phone, and the hinge snapped, rendering it unusable. And I think I was just. I was. The guy was like, "What's wrong?" This is the patient in my room, and I said, "I've just." I've just broken a really expensive piece of kit I don't think I've broken it I think it was on his last l- lazzies, his oh, yeah, last yeah, legs yeah, yeah. But obviously I'm the one The idiot Rass, yeah, that's yeah, done yeah. it and, and he was just like Oh no And it was really funny because we were both there panicking And I just, I don't know why I said it I just forgot where I was for a split second <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to get a bollocking for this And he <laughs> literally wet himself And he was like, oh my god You're so normal And I was like, man, GPs are people too but I was just like, I can't believe I've just said that in front of a, a patient, and he just wouldn't stop like chuckling to himself. And I thought, oh, at least I've nice given him a good laugh. laugh for today. Yeah, yeah. But it just re- and it just reminds me because I think when you have those like interactions with people where you make silly mistakes or you say something like that, poor GP, that really was it. yeah. it's it can go either way. But it's just so nice when it becomes endearing. Yeah. Do you think
0: when you say either way? Do you reckon what well, worst case scenario is that? It kind of oh, worst case scenario, you, like, that person would be devastated.
1: Yeah. Or that first, pers- for example, that guy who that GP called out his diagnosis in the waiting room. Like, oh, if he yeah, was, sure. If he was devastated, or but in terms of the, my situation, the other way would be like, I think that, yeah, that guy okay, would so be like, much. she just doesn't know what she's doing. She's just yeah. broken this kit. She's just swore. She's so unprofessional and then i guess the worst case scenario is that they complain against me and then i end yeah. up having some professionalism sort of investigation for saying bollocking in front of a patient isn't that uh, weird
0: though because i mean you said it yourself we are just human beings and people are yeah. we not
1: so we're we not then, allowed to but we to... are but then this is like this thing isn't it like it goes back to that gmc social media guidance and kind of the new guidance that was talked about in terms of like even private messages were could be under scrutiny and then people made the very good point of but we are humans, like why can't we have the same rights as other people should have their messages as private, so why can't we and I think people are quite quick to forget that we are just mm.
0: imperfect
1: human beings. human beings, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: fair enough. But I think again, just to but say for example, if there was like a WhatsApp conversation between the two medics and the two medics as in a number of different medical people. <laughs> not, as yeah. not us two medics. Not us say, two. And say if they had stuff that was like openly, you know, like kind of rep- reprehensible things. Say if they yeah. shared like racist subject matter. Or oh, like totally. That, that should of be. Of course. Yeah. like Yeah. I just, and I think
1: that's what it meant. I think that's what it generally meant. Yeah. But I think people are just like understandably lacking trust in the regulator. And yeah, um, I just wouldn't true. put it past them to... Yeah. dig into anything and I keep that's thinking true. of like the Dr. Aurora that's... with a laptop yeah like that yeah. was over the word promise I just think yeah, that's true but yeah doctors are humans too and then that kind mm-hmm. of brings us nicely on to this uh, tweet about <laughs> about cars and it was by Glenn Nohumeral, which is a great name mm-hmm. and he said patients will never know that the resident doctor taking excellent care of them has been ignoring their car's check engine light for weeks now and that yeah. Resonated with me because my car has been saying it's needed a service for about eight thousand miles. Oh god! But I'm just like I've not got enough money for that shit yet. Yeah, so expensive. (laughs) I'll just ignore that light. But uh, yeah, it's just it's exactly what we're like, isn't it? Yeah, probably worse than other non-Doctor people. Yeah, because I guess the
0: other thing is the amount of free time you have that's unsociable. Oh, it doesn't make it very difficult.
1: Stuff it's just so yeah, hard. Yeah. I remember having to, to go before. Yeah. That, that's it. I had to come get an M- MOT on my way to a home visit once. It was just like, oh, I'm running late because I'm literally the only time, and I'll yeah, be yeah. illegal by tomorrow driving yeah. the car. I remember just having to, yeah, to get an MOT on the way to a bloody home visit.
0: Yeah, because otherwise you do have to take the day off. Yeah, yeah you, so can't.
1: you know, and can't. If you're just... on a community job and you have no other way to get to your patients' homes, then hmm. what you're gonna do?
0: I don't know. It's tricky. It's a tricky one. I know that like whenever I get Joe's car, like it's usually, you know, the kind of fuel light. as usual. Mm. And I know that my entire warning light as in the... Uh, oh, does
1: she leave the fuel light on for you so that you just fill her up with fuel? Because that's... I, think she... I like that. Okay. Yeah. That has happened. I, well, I, wow, I didn't even see that coming. Oh, Joe, no, she's, she's a the... clever lady. Yeah, I'm just getting
0: played. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that's what it is. Oh, do you see this? Oh, yes. You link this tweet from... Oh, shall I see who this person is? They said that, so unpopular opinion, doctors should be paid for audits. If you want us to find your efficiency savings and improve clinical outcomes, don't treat it as setting homework. What did you, oh, I see.
1: Yeah, but so firstly, since when is that an unpopular opinion? I think actually that's a very popular popular. opinion. And also I had to reply and ask who's doing audits in their spare time? Who is doing this laborious kind of data collection in their own time? And I feel like I made that mistake once very early on in my career and I was like, no, this is what SPA and admin time is for. And if you're not getting it, then I'm sorry, it's in your contract. You need to fight for it and you need to use your voice and you need to go to the BMA or your reps or whatever. But I'm just like, no, if I'm going to be doing something like that, like I will be using my CPD time for it or my SPA time. And again, I'll make sure that I get that SPA time. That's on us because trusts are not helpful, but it should be the case that they do just factor that in for us but we all know the reality yeah. but people don't do your audits at home no way yeah
0: just don't do it
1: live your life
0: live your life enjoy it yeah audit
1: true debt
0: yeah fair enough so actually quite an appointment that's one of the things isn't it when with unpopular appears they end up being quite they actually popular popular
1: I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah try
0: again people are trying to be edgy but not really managing it I'll try harder mm. Cool, buying your own personal alarm. So what's this one?
1: Yeah, this was a psychiatrist that I follow, I think, in New Zealand. And again, I guess it was just to say that the grass isn't always greener. This is Professor Marie Bismarck, sorry. And uh, she said, in my job, it's unusual to go two weeks without being threatened by a patient who is seeking drugs or is agitated in response to paranoid delusions. For 18 months, I've been asking my employer for a personal alarm. And today I gave up and brought one myself. There's the same issues everywhere, isn't it? That's exa- you can imagine that exact thing happening in the, NH- in the NHS, but yeah. yeah. When you worked on site, did you get an alarm? Not at all. And I was completely lone working as well. And in hindsight, I just thought how unsafe that was. And yeah. to be fair, our patients were less likely to be of a danger. But there was one particular time where... No one really knew where I was. Like, I tried to tell someone, like, I would always try to let someone know, like, what home visits I would be doing in the admin office and where I would be, because I just thought, I'm completely lone working. There's no real kind of training or policy I've had for that. I'm going to people's home. And this is like a psych job. So they're all psych patients. Yeah. And I just thought, if I get stuck somewhere or something happens, like, no one's going to know until I don't turn up for the home visit the next day. and. And I just thought that was quite odd. And I think I there was one time where I try, tried to try and get in touch with one of the secretaries and say, this is where I'm going. And they were off sick. And I was like, who am I going to tell? And in yeah. the end, I think I text, I think I text Majay in the end, my friend Jay, because I was like, I, someone just needs oh, to know like where oh. I am. And if you don't hear from me in two hours, can you please send some help? And she was like, yeah, oh. sure. But uh, Oh. Yeah, there was one time where I went to see a gentleman and it just was very uncomfortable. I just did not feel safe at all. And then they were making comments about my car that was parked directly outside. And it was just, and I just thought like how things can turn quickly. And it doesn't have to be a psych patient. I don't want to generalize. It yeah. just so happens to be that Prof Bismarck is a psychiatrist. But I think any like loan working is, it's, it's, it can be very risky. So do you get any precautions as a GP doing home visits? I guess people will know where I am and they would be expecting me back for afternoon clinic. And obviously the receptionist that book the home visit in will be aware. There's never more than two a day, to be fair. So they would know like where, where you are and that you do back at whatever time. And they're quite good in my practice. If there's been an extended consultation or if someone's been in my room for a long time, the admins tend to knock on the door and just check that everything's okay, which I was quite surprised at when they were doing it. And it's happened quite a few times now. And I thought, actually, I really like that. And -hmm. there's a panic alarm in the room as well, hidden under the desk. So that's, and obviously the the usual stuff, like the way the room is laid out is that the doctor's always closest to the door and all that kind of jazz because our population is where we are. It is a bit more of a, a risky population and things. So, yeah, so that's, that is, Those little things do help, definitely. But yeah, yeah, I just yeah. feel bad that a psychiatrist has to buy their own personal alarm, which is such an it's integral crazy. part of the job, yeah.
0: And it's not overreacting, because you do hear... I remember reading a story of a nurse who visited a patient and she'd been, like, assaulted and it was awful. and Horrible. By a patient's relatives. Wow. And, yeah, literally. And there have been times where Joe, because a community nurse, has gone places and one there's one particular place where she went where when she got there there was a district nurse that was there and the district nurse was like i can't believe you've been sent by yourself to this area what? i'll stay with you kind yeah. of yeah and i don't think people I, it's just taken so i don't think enough kind of value is placed on people's no
1: safety. and i think it only takes the chances are that we are going to be safe. Like that just so happens to be like that's on the whole, but it only takes one time for it to go wrong. And mm. your life, there's a possibility that your life could be changed forever from that one occasion. And obviously there's a whole spectrum of what can happen to a person. But I do agree that we are probably as a whole kind of generally more trusting and think, oh, it would never happen to me or I could easily fight my way out. But you, you don't know that. You really don't know that. You've
0: you've blacked out a few of the links here.
1: Yeah, I just thought there was some I added this week that was just a bit like meh. Well,
0: this one this one that you linked was funny but the one about water bottles it's a tweet from Tatiana Prower.
1: Yeah, Um, this was really interesting to me actually. The reason why I blocked it out was that I wondered if it was too serious but I think it's something worth thinking about because in GP, a lot of us are seeing um, young people with colorectal cancer, which up until the past few years for me was something that I very much thought about in like the older population, but there just seems to be this spurt and obviously there must be numbers to support it, but anecdotally from speaking to fellow GP trainees, there is this spurt of colon cancer in people who are in their 30s and their 40s. And um, Tatiana Prowell is an oncologist in the States. And she's tweeted this thread saying, I just wonder whether there's any relation to something environmental. And she actually is pondering about whether there's an, a connection with plastic water bottles because there's those Stanley cups, isn't there? those metal cups that have yeah. taken TikTok by storm. And I, I always have used for years, I've always used one of those or a glass water bottle. I, I never mm-hmm. refill plastic water bottles. And I don't know why. I think my dad sent me this like random like but viral Facebook a's. hoax. Yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. And it definitely wasn't true, but I do, I think it's a sensory thing for me being neurodivergent. I, yeah, I yeah. much prefer, I I don't like the sensation of plastic, like glass or metal is much more tolerable for me.
0: It, it tastes nicer out of them. There's, oh, as well, t- it stays doesn't it? colder, it. doesn't
1: it? It's fresher. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But her thread was really interesting. Yeah, right.
0: And I saw, I think it was on Reddit or someone made the comment that they were, they they wanted to do a study where they compared people who had been exposed to plastics, but they couldn't find a control group. This is it. Doesn't everywhere. exist. Yeah, um, doesn't exist, which is quite scary.
1: And there's some of the uh, some of the replies to the threads talk. The thread here talks a bit about like how many the degree of microplastics that are just from one plastic yeah, well, bottle it, of yeah. water, and it's just like all these things that we just don't see, and it's something that we're just it's so ingrained in society that you just grab a bottle of water or a soft drink or whatever and there are other things environmentally that have changed you know over the years and this just could be one of many but I used to one of my consultants in neurosurgery was absolutely convinced that brain tumors could be related to mobile phones like he refuses to he just says I'm I'm positive that there is some relation and obviously that kind of myth has been floating around for years hasn't it and I haven't heard it for a while now but I guess like people see increases in numbers and they it is good that they try and put it down to something our lives western society has changed like immeasurably hasn't it and where would you even start in trying to isolate those kind of risk factors
0: that's true this we're in no way recommending that you need to get a Stan Lee bottle they are oh gosh do not waste your so, money
1: no absolutely no. not um
0: absolutely. what bottle do you use
1: so I have, have- I have a knockoff Stanley Cup but I've had it for really? years yeah so it was from when I was I think I went to one time when I went to Florida on holiday like nearly 10 years ago I bought it then and I've just used that for years it's just looks exactly like a Stanley Cup but like a cheap Walmart version and I also okay. have a, a reusable glass water bottle again that i've had for years from starbucks i don't know i bought it again i bought that probably 15 years ago but it's nice because they just they don't discolor they don't smell they're so much easier to wash whereas every plastic bottle i've had it just seems to get a bit scummy and stinky and no matter what you do even with bicarb which is like the best thing i think on this earth in terms of cleaning stuff like that it doesn't quite get rid of it but I have a bit of a, a fizzy water obsession. And yeah. for uh, Christmas I went to Costco and bought like loads of crates of it. I'm currently working my way through through that, but which is in plastic bottles, but oh, yeah. That
0: right but you could do it, I guess there's like soda streams or something, but Yeah, you still love a soda stream. Right. The make I really like of the bottles is I think they use silicon, but they you can get metal muscle lines through coxicle.
1: Oh, um, so that's... I have a couple of corkscrew cups from the States, actually. I yeah, really like cool. um, them. Yeah, they're expensive. really cool. They are. Um, but that's my, my sister-in-law. That's always her favorite gift to give me. And I love receiving uh, a corkscrew cup. So I've got lots of different sizes and always got yeah, my yeah. initials on them. But oh, I really think that cool. they're much cheaper in America, like here. But there oh. are a good cup. Yeah. yeah I'm a sucker yeah. for things like that. I love collecting like, reusable bottles. I yeah, need one but i've got about <laughs> 10
0: yeah yeah i'm always leaving mine and losing mm-hmm. them it's really annoying because i like i'll write some like i'll write my name on them and stuff yeah
1: obviously. i've lost some Chili's ones in that way that were like oh. special edition ones i was like i was devastated it's my own idiocy but yeah. yeah
0: oh my god so there's that it'd be difficult to go and uh, recap the week without discussing the whole debacle About the use of the word doctor for people who have PhDs and stuff. Doctor,
1: doctor. Yeah. The tweet's been deleted, hasn't it? The original one.
0: Yeah.
1: Just to say very briefly what It was was a consultant practitioner in frailty who wasn't a doctor, but she obviously had a PhD, so Mm -hmm. her kind of prefix was doctor. And so the door... So she started a new job, this is the worst thing, that she's tweeted about this yeah. new job. She's obviously made up. And then Twitter literally, like, descends. So, yeah, it was like a door sign, and it said, Dr. So- um consultant practitioner in frailty. And I think, was she a paramedic or a physio? I can't remember what her. Physio. Profe- yeah, physio. Yeah. And then that kind of, this whole thing descended about professional titles. And the professional titles debate is valid, and I completely agree that if you see doctor in a clinical setting... It is likely that you think that you're a medical doctor, but that's one, that's the argument. That's the argument by itself. This yeah. came into this personal attack on this poor lady, mm. Still even like tagging in the police, asking if it I was know. like, like saying that it was contravening like section 49 of the 1983 Medical Act. And I was just like, how have we Tell ended me. up here? Like, you, this again, this didn't need to be part of the debate. Like, it really didn't.
0: Yeah. And there are people big accounts and consultants and stuff oh it's great and I swear, it got to a point where I just thought that loads of people were just getting involved because of the engagement that it was involved, oh like, totally was
1: but did so you notice just... as well there were so many people who would say something which had been said a gazillion a times time. yeah oh, and then they would delete it and they were like oh I've deleted my tweet because I didn't want to be part of the pylon too late you said it like also like wh- why are you telling us that you've deleted it why are you telling us that you're a good person oh, thank you so much for considering the words that you said and taking your tweet down. Oh, it's just, I don't know, it's it's weird vibes. Just either do something and just do it, but...
0: What do you mean, like, like, own it? I think the thing is is that I I don't really get the whole saying stuff again and again when you, like, open it up. Do you not look at the comments and stuff and we're like, oh, wait a second, everyone's saying... Oh, that's
1: already been said a hundred times, yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, I often go to threads and be like, oh... so this tweet is like 12 hours or long and there's 40 comments yeah like what am I going to add here
1: move um, on move yeah on.
0: but people just wanted to get really stuck in and the, again the funny thing is, is that if as you said yeah it's completely reasonable to be like if you're going to use the doctor title in a clinical setting people are going to make certain assumptions about yeah you. you need to clarify that without just being a complete yeah
1: well, that's the valid argument on its own isn't it like it doesn't yeah. like that's the thing that we should be talking about but
0: yeah just people yeah calling the police and stuff is just ridiculous it's
1: odd the but there was a good so adam gordon i think he's the president of the society of geriatric medicine right. and he um made a couple of very kind of grounded responses and said that yesterday this jerry geri... i said this jerry sock but this um Society of Geriatric Medicine member was subjected to a pylon about the job title on their office door. I've checked, they're okay. The point about transparent job titles was well made, which is what we were just saying, but the nature of how it was made and subsequent mobbing was very sad. And I think that's the issue. And then again, I'm sure we're going to be accused of telling everyone to be kind, but that's really not it. That's just not the message. And there was um, an official statement as well (laughs) by the British Geri Society. About a, all. The,
0: fu- the reason I laugh is because I saw someone reply being like, "So basically you've changed nothing. And then Adam Gordon's replied being like, we're a specialist society. We don't set the titles. If you read the last paragraph, yeah. we'll use this to open discussions with those empowered to set job nomenclature. For now, this helps provide some clarity within existing framework, I hope. And then this person's replied being like, some common adoption would be helpful. The faculty of position associates understood the issue very well in brackets in the end you must have PAs in your specialty
1: how how have we gone on to PAs exactly oh my goodness never fails to bring it back to PAs it's amazing uh, yeah Kate Jarman who is always the voice of reason somewhere said I truly believe that while anger often drives change it can never deliver it to deliver change, we have to be able to unite people, empower, inspire them and give them hope and vision. That's what I want to see in and for the NHS, which is true, isn't it? Because it just descended into like an argument and it was it all is. a bit pissy and people were angry. And I, and I, again, I completely agree with regards to the, the doctor title and, and, and the ambiguity around that, but everything else was just an absolute shit show. It's, and yeah, I was ashamed too... to be part of a community that was perpetuating that.
0: Yeah. It's really, like, the vibe is definitely somewhere weird. It's in a funny place at the moment. And if you're not talking about PAs, and it's, like, literally, it's a group of anonymous accounts and people who are just desperate to feel better than other people. And they're doing that by just shitting on PAs and Mm. just making being like, nobody else can use the Doctor's title. And it's just really that's
1: the thing like i had a kind of not not a discussion i'm because the discussion makes it sound pleasant but an unpleasant discussion with an anonymous account last week who was just having a go because they said that i wasn't doing enough and apparently oh now my position on pas has changed how convenient and i was like no because actually i've been raising issues about training and local issues like i have been raising those through the proper means not just venting and about them on Twitter, but and I just haven't felt the need to post them. So I don't need to prove myself to you. Mm. But just instead of just being this like dog whistle pylon cycle that we keep going in, do something about it locally. But yeah. They're yeah, like but
0: not- you need to tweet about it regularly.
1: Yeah. Otherwise what, it I'm, didn't happen.
0: Yeah. I'm like, well what, what else are you tweeting about other than PAs? Do you tweet about anything else? What about let all, all just, the other injustices? Let me, in me the just world? tweet
1: about my dog in peace.
0: I don't know. These people, even if you do tweet about it, it's not enough and whatever.
1: Oh, and totally. Again, you can't win. Like, it's too much. Yeah. You literally cannot win. Name.
0: Oh, ban the phrase, a gentle reminder. I saw this uh, tweet. So a tweet from, oh my God. Can you say her name? It's Aoife Abi.
1: Aoife, yeah. Good, yeah. Good. Well
0: done. She said, I want to ban the phrase, a gentle reminder from emails for many reasons, but ultimately I just hate it. Feel free to remind me without pretense of gentleness, whatever that means. What do you think when you when you see gentle a gentle reminder?
1: Mm.
0: I've I've literally got an email in my inbox that is that. Let's just see that. Um, it's such a,
1: it's a conflicting kind of it's it's an oxymoron, is it? No, oh, okay. I don't if if I've used that word correctly, I have no idea. But uh-huh. I think to me, there is nothing about a reminder to me can't be gentle. Like a reminder is just a reminder. Like if you need it, that's yeah. fine. But I don't like that preface of, oh, just a gentle, as it is, because it's trying yeah. to be a bit more like easygoing, isn't it? And oh, oh yeah, I don't yeah. really mind that this is late. Oh, don't, yeah. no, more, no pressure. No worries. It, me, not, you, me, know, they, you. Yeah, which I would, I always fall into that trap of doing it myself, but um, I just don't like the word gentle reminder because I just don't find reminders gentle at all. Yeah, fair enough.
0: Would you suggest that people be more direct yeah, blank. so
1: if I were, because I was thinking, but, uh, so as as I would say my last email. Oh, as a reminder, I would say, say ah, like that, okay. or because I know sometimes like in work at the moment, if I'm trying to get in touch with someone and I'm screen messaging other colleagues in the practice and they forget to get back to me, I will just, I feel awkward, but if I need to get something done, I will just like message them again and say, oh, is, that, is now okay? Or can I remind you oh. that? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it comes across as blunt, but it's tricky. I ain't gentle, in I reminding? No, fair enough. It's tricky. It's tricky.
0: What about... Oh, I guess it's a lot in similar, similar vein. There's a tweet from so mm-hmm. who talked about not wanting to be micromanaged.
1: Yeah, um, I like this one.
0: So what did she say? So she said related. People often comment on the number of projects I have on the go at any given time. This is a coping mechanism I've developed to manage my ADHD. I've got multiple... Pro- Projects on the go, and I tire of one. I switch to the next, and the next rotation maintains my interest. This is why being micromanaged is the worst. My performance has to be judged on output, but not what I'm doing every minute. To someone not neurodivergent, I might look scattered. I'm very efficient, left to organize my own time. Interesting.
1: What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. But I think what I really need, what I'm trying to become more conscious of as I'm getting older is that I don't become that person who has like lots of little projects on the go, but never finishes every, anything. Mm-hmm. Because to me, that's just incredibly damaging to my mental health, because I then fall into this thing of, oh, I can't finish anything. I'm a failure, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Whereas I probably said, yes, to too many things. But I do definitely agree with, I need lots of different things to occupy my mind. And I think that's why I'm enjoying GP a lot more than I thought I would, because it is just that fast paced, completely, totally different ends of the spectrum two patients come in different condition next they leave next one I phone is something different again and it's just that I think when you have or are ADHD you're quite good at like kind of lifting between things and it reduces the chance of boredom and I think I've developed a really good relationship with my educational supervisor now because I think he's realized that there is an element of letting me get on with things I will come to him for help but at I couldn't bear that micromanaging, breathing down. Not yeah. saying that he did that, but that breathing down your neck kind of thing. And then he just like respected the way I organize myself, so the way I keep on top of tasks and lists and things. He's, oh, you've got bits of paper everywhere and highlighters, and I was like, this is the system that's worked for me for years. And he's, yeah, yeah you know what? You look like you've got it. That, that's fine. And I appreciate. Like, it's just it's a big, tr- it's a trust thing. But yeah. But the micromanaging thing, I just I I do like guidance and authority and whatever but i also find it suffocating and then i start to push back when i feel like that which is not professional difficult, at all and it? Really it must
0: difficult. must be hard to get right how, how i would think you it's hard it's... as
1: the, it's hard as the senior because there's a huge element of trust yeah. and i noticed that kind of is not the same but along similar lines in surgery And then you get to a reg and then you find that you're teaching the juniors how to do procedures and letting them go with that, letting them do the really intricate and Mm. dangerous, for want of a better word, steps. It's a huge thing. And I think that's what it's sometimes like when you're not micromanaged. That person has to put some trust in you that they can just let you go and be free a bit. And I think it's a skill that no one teaches you. Like it's really hard to do.
0: I definitely... Yeah I definitely feel like that's something I need to learn and I've noticed that one of the bosses said something along the lines of I have to learn to let it go and Mm -hmm. let you make mistakes and I have to have the confidence in myself to know that whatever trouble you get into I can bail you out yeah and apparently what happens is he was talking to a colleague about his mindset when that happens when there's like a complication and he He's getting scrubbed and he, apparently he goes through this kind of thing in his head where he's trying to remain calm and stuff. Uh, but also you need to be like decisive and lead, right? Because stuff's yeah. kicking off. You need to convey seriousness of the situation, but also you need to give clear commands and stuff because of course your mind is worrying through all the things that need to happen next and quickly. Mm. And say, for example, when a trainee's cause, com- you know, or complications happened. Um, making sure that they don't make things worse by overreacting it must be very really difficult to, because that's all about very. managing yourself and then managing them and yeah, their emotions two,
1: yeah absolutely it's two different things isn't it You're response three responsible for you the person who you're supervising and the patient like it's yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of responsibility yeah it's yeah. a really it's a really interesting skill that I think in surgery, I was astounded how no one tells you how to teach someone to do an operation.
0: Yeah, it's true. Like,
1: I just couldn't get over that. Just suddenly, overnight, I was the reg, and now an uh, an SHO was assisting me, Yeah. and I was used to being guided, and I felt like, oh, now I know what I'm doing, and these are the complications that could happen, but no one told me, okay, this is how you hey, teach teacher, or supervise someone else. I feel like...
0: I I'm, I have actually thought that a lot in cardiology. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm a consultant. That's going to be something that I want to try and do. Because as you say, we're not taught how to be teachers. And I thought to myself, people I'll ask will be surgeons because I figured that would have been a
1: practice. It's a huge part of, yeah, it's a huge part of it, isn't it?
0: Yeah. But I guess are there not courses that surgeons go on to <laughs> learn how to do I wonder if there are the professional there's, spheres.
1: There's teach the teacher courses, but every time I've been on one of those, it's been more for like theory stuff. Yeah, or... it's not practical,
0: is it? Yeah.
1: Like, like when in credit to prep, you teaching the foundation teaching program sure. or medical students. I've never. And well, I guess that's straying into more like human factors territory, isn't it? Well, maybe? That's,
0: that's what um, I figured I'd do in the end because a lot of that's communication, yeah. right? Well, like... totally you're telling someone what to do with their hands and you know, the, mecha- so that, the yeah. mechanics of it. And I feel like that's a different ball game, isn't it? Rather? So that's
1: what I was just going to mention because I'm just reflecting and I s- distinctly remember a case where I was supervising an SHO and I was having to look where my hands were and because she was concentrating on something that I was telling her, she wasn't concentrating with her other hand that was holding something else that was edging to a structure that was far more dangerous and I remember I slapped her hand away because it was just instinct I was like, you need to stop because she was about to go into the brain parenchyma with something that really shouldn't have happened and but because she wasn't experienced enough she just stopped concentrating on the left hand and was concentrating with what I was telling her to do on the right hand yeah but I found myself that I had to be watching her hand I, I didn't have that kind of those synapses I... didn't fire for me to say, "Wash your hand." Yeah, it was like literally that instinct slap. Yeah, yeah. and I had, to, I was, I apologized profusely afterwards. I'm so sorry. I said, I, "I didn't. I've never done that before." I said, "But," and we spoke about it after, and she was, it was fine, and it was a lesson for both of us that mm. you have to be aware of where you are in the operative field at all times. Both mm. hands. Yeah, you, yeah. Yes, we are one hand dominant, but that goes out the window in surgery. I think a different game but i was yeah, still well, mortified that i just literally like a kid just slapped it out the
0: yeah at least that was your reflex i'm glad i saw brain. it yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. but
1: it just wasn't the appropriate way to do it uh, yeah
0: i remember when stuff happened with a patient and then the boss just goes stop there put that down and i remember the instructions being quite clear <laughs> and but you're right you have to have the presence of mind yeah like where i just don't know. all i can say is much respect to the people who are able to do that well totally and we need to try does. and bottle that and pass that on to other people and yeah. i've got to say the people who are good traders are so invaluable and we need to like really
1: are. cherish yeah. them absolutely moving on
0: to the next topic oh my to other training i know yeah. i uh, love this choice
1: so yeah so i feel like everyone's just got a bug or a, a bee in their bonnet about excel Thank and you. This was a tweet by Sophie Boyle, and she said, when I started work in the early 90s, I was trained in Excel. When my daughter started work in the early 20s, 2020s, she was trained (laughs) in Excel. Excel is relentless, immortal, and simply cannot be stopped, like the Terminator or, if you're British, Richard Maidley. He needs to be stopped, doesn't he? He really does, and quickly. But Excel, I feel like, is the answer to everything. The amount of forms I pull off from certain things that are Excel spreadsheets, expenses... And I feel like I still don't quite get the hang of it, all the formulas and calculating and stuff. Yeah. But it's, and it doesn't look like it's changed in 30 years. Like the layout, everything is exactly the same, isn't it? So, like,
0: when eventually life on this planet is extinguished, all that will be left is a microsoft excel in the cockroaches right? i
1: was gonna say yeah. that's the two things and then cockroaches will become sentient and be able to and they'll use be using microsoft, microsoft... excel or oh, maybe they won't maybe they'll be like, little... they'll oh, be like oh, they... oh how did the humans yeah. do it Well, yeah. oh, i can imagine them being like these little like data analysis an- analy- <laughs> analysts yeah oh, just I see. with their like six or eight legs however many a cockroaches got but maybe that's
0: the key Mm. Or maybe they will be reading using Microsoft Excel for dummies or whatever. But That's I was, really funnily enough, questions.
1: I was using Excel earlier because I'm keeping um, a list of kind of patients, <laughs> which is boring. But when <laughs> when you click on the new Excel, it comes up with like a home screen and it gives you like templates. And I, I mm. saw it, it was like, do you want to make a shopping list? Do you want to make an accounts book? And I was, who uses these things like yeah, on Excel? Yeah, I've yeah. never thought I'm going to make my shopping list on a spreadsheet which might be a good thing but i just thought the, i've never used a template and it it looks all fancy and it's the same with the powerpoint suggestions and templates but i'm just who uses those it seems I, i've never had an occasion where i think they could be helpful
0: yeah i think i feel like people who are doing their shopping list on excel are scary people
1: um, I that's just, a really good analogy like, yeah they've I got
0: they Maybe they've got this thing sewed together. Maybe they're like itemizing it and costing and everything. And it's very clever. Yeah. Um, but I'm a bit scared of them if to do that. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, you linked a tweet from Wendy Hassan, MD. He said, making friends as an adult is hard. I'm too tired for any pretense. A mum at my kid's daycare asked me to hang out. So I asked her if she wants to get Korean barbecue and complain about her loved ones. Are you my people? Declare yourself now. Wow. That I'd, big... I'd, oh, I we did be... Korean barbecue. We
1: did. And we had to yeah. vent us about stuff. I want to be Wendy's friend. Like, I could yeah, definitely get really on board confident. with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so I, it, it's true, though. It is difficult so to make popular. friends as an adult. So Why do so you think bad. that is? Is that because, she says, oh, because you know more about what you like and what you don't like and people are less compromising? I think, yeah.
1: But I think as well, like, people are often settle in their ways and to be fair like my closest friends now are people that I've met as adults and it makes me sad that I don't really speak to anyone from my younger years but I think what I find difficult is when people have like lots of my friends have families and I'm still like the only single one and I think people just do get to that point their lives where they're like oh this is my circle now and it's so hard for people to be let in or for people to put themselves out there because it's like that they are their little kind of circle is made like they don't need anyone else and I think I find that hard because I just love like this sounds really lame I just love making friends and I'm that type of person that just needs that kind of connection all the time and um, I think my mum always tells a story of when I was starting primary school at like age five or whatever and it was all our first day and I sounded like a weirdly confident odd kid which is still the case now but (laughs) <laughs> they uh, my mum there was this kid in my class a little boy and apparently he was like bawling his eyes out and I just went oh hello my name's Beth and you're my friend now and he was oh. like okay and his mum <laughs> oh, his mum's passed away bless her but I used to see her still when I went home to visit my parents and, she would, and if we saw her on the high street she would always bring that up she's like, oh I always remember and and oh. I just my mum was like that's such a Betham thing to do you're my friend now <laughs> you have oh. no choice in the matter <laughs> but I think I think adults are just a lot like that like adults are a bit more reserved and I think yeah. it's really cool when someone I have this fantasy sometimes about saying to someone like that I think it's quite cool oh should we be friends and I'm just worried yeah, about yeah. being knocked back I think but uh, yeah I know but yeah korean bad. barbecue bitching is like the way forward but that's i feel like it's that's true. how i how our friendship went from strength to strength it, it did
0: like i think i didn't really realize that we're gonna have to like cook a meal ourselves so that was i different. know yeah uh, that was just so an, that was an added extra. little
1: something yeah. wasn't it, that to bond funny. over
0: yeah and then i got lost in the toilet of course but then, there you go <laughs> of course. good so times good, time. yeah, good times yeah so you linked a tweet from algavan sals who's She's good. I like her. Account.
1: Yeah, I really do. She's amazing. But yeah, I felt like um, oh, what so, is she look, saying
0: here? No, no, this oh, is my wavelength. What?
1: I knew you were going to disagree with this. You that, look, that, you that. look the type that enjoys this shit. Uh, yeah. But fruit and chocolate for me is just a huge no, no way. Yeah.
0: So, what? So she said, okay, just to read it out. I mean, yeah, go on. Go on. So the fruit chocolate rolls. Just for all on the same page, fruit is not allowed in chocolate. No raspberries, cherries, jam, et cetera, in chocolate. Fruit is allowed to be covered in. Oh, wait a second. Covered. I in even chocolate. disagree with that. Do honest. you? Because chocolate yeah. covered raisins. Are
1: you saying no? Chocolate covered oh, raisins. Oh, no. I do like that. Yeah. What, no. no. what are you on? What are you on? I don't See? think I. I, don't, I didn't class raisins as a fruit. I know they, they are. are, but they're not. What? They are. But I, to me, so I, I hate like strawberry chocolate. I um, I hate weird. raspberry. Orange. Yeah, that's Ooh. pointless. Oh, fruit pointless. creams are the worst thing ever I don't even invented. know what those are. don't even know Fruit are. creams, they're, they're the ones that my family always leave left over in the Quality Street, like chocolate, oh, yeah. but with like a creamy strawberry or orange center. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, I don't disgusting.
0: I don't like Quality Street for that reason, because there's so many of those in there. I
1: know, and well, there's not as many like nut ones, and they're the best.
0: Yeah. I don't know, why did this even... Who is buying those anyway? I didn't even realize they're like, they're not fruit covered in chocolate. So who's buying chocolate covered raspberries? I feel like I
1: see quite often the nice chocolate bars have like little bits of raspberry in them and stuff. And I'm just like, why? Like, why would you do that? Yeah, I've seen that loads. Definitely tried those. How about, have you
0: heard this? One that I've particularly fallen in love with, which is not fruit, I'm just segwaying, is pistachio chocolate? I
1: love pistachio, oh. anything.
0: I got sent some stuff from Germany that is, I think it's linen and it's pistachio cream. Check inside. you out. Yeah. Delicious. You Delicious. can buy
1: pistachio cream in a jar and depends on how much willpower you have. Maybe and it's maybe not you, a good I'll idea. Yeah. But li- literally, like that shit it's is mine. like crack. Like, it's crazy, isn't it? Because I I'm would like... do anything for that. It yeah, sounds yeah, awful, yeah. but no, there's anyways. nothing much oh. that I wouldn't do for that. The, you know the
0: thing, I found the other, the other day, in Tesco's, they had shelled pistachios. So just the pistachio nut. Oh, and so that, saves you,
1: like, the labour. to open them. Yeah, yeah, the labour
0: of it. The labour, it's too much. Is like, the
1: ones that it's, are not even, like, the ones that are still clamped shut. And it's yeah, and you can't open it. Uh, like,
0: like, yeah, Let exactly. Me in. You don't have to do that, mate. And that just wow. means that uh, it makes you more efficient in consuming them.
1: I can I'm tell you're going. a Nacado shopper. Oh, that is yeah. not the yeah. type of shit that we do. No, see. it's, it's, it's a I am a Nacado shopper. It is such Thank a Nacado thing, me. darling. I know. Sorry. You have a dishwasher sure. as well. So, you know uh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so much class.
0: Tori. Tori. Tory. 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 But, yeah. But I think it's worth
1: money for those pistachios.
0: I know. And, and it is.
1: I feel like you don't. It's not an insignificant amount of pistachios that you lose because the shell is not yeah. even slightly open exactly. you have to put those in the bins it's a very
0: it's 2024 I wonder
1: if, I wonder if there's be... a machine that. yeah I wonder how it they do be. it it must be a machine be. a poor person can't be sitting there and shelling yeah. every single one isn't that the
0: saddest like, the job roll. there to be doing Yeah, yeah We're literally absolutely. opening them for someone else
1: oh so, my god it must yeah. knock you sick as well yeah. I bet you never want to see a pistachio ever again
0: or maybe you just like, you're dreaming you like you might want to sneak like one in every so often. Yeah, you
1: just turn green. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. How many pistachios today? Yeah. Aww.
0: But anyway I highly recommend, I think. That's this yeah. one is definitely do. Okay, so... <laughs> Anytime. You linked another one. I like these... I'm enjoying these food related ones. Love yeah, eating like mother corners. Treat, treat. What a wonderful creation shall I make next? Mix the corner into the main pool all at once or oh, i'll be interested to know what you do here or Ooh. the mullet corners for those of you who don't know i've where not had are one you? for years yeah, i literally true.
1: i saw this tweet and i've just been craving them ever since so i need to sort that so out somewhere.
0: this person suggests mix the corner into the mill main pool all at once i love what how spoonful, it's called the main pool
1: spoonful? now as well oh, yeah
0: or do i eat both individually crazy yes but Ooh. why shouldn't I? i'm i the chef tonight i'm in charge this is my house what the hell how do you do it
1: so i I'm non-conventional, so I'm bit by bit. So I'll have a little bit of fruit on my spoon, and then I'll have a bigger bit of yogurt, and then it goes in my. Oh, keep that takes too but long. I, I've not had one for years. I literally can't remember the last one, so I, I do need to sort that. You need to.
0: What I do is I pour the jam onto the top. But if if there's someone who like mixes that in, that's that's messed up. That's really
1: yeah, right. that's why I like doing it separately because I've got more control over that. I, yeah, I whereas, would eat it mixed in, but it's more pleasurable having the yeah, sourness of the plain just, yogurt. The and tart, then the tarting up, Total tarting
0: No, but I got yeah. to put on top, but then use the spoon to delicately, kind of there you carve go. half and half. Good, yeah. good. Option. But then the problem is, is that you do, unfortunately, with that method, you are in. You do end up with a yogurty bit, pure yogurty bit at the end, which is always a bit sad. So uh, you do have to be quite skillful. With your, <laughs> it's practice, but it's worth it. You know, practice makes kind of, perfect. It yes. does. But you're right. Yeah. I haven't had a all corner in ages. What was your favourite yeah. flavour? So this is a deciding. Disappointing...
1: So now there's loads of flavours yeah, out there true. in the world, and I think the last one I had, I think, would be my favourite one. So it was one of the Greek ones, oh, dang. and I think it was peach or apricotty because I quite like those flavours oh, more than okay. I. Strawberry, blackberry, raspberry. I don't mind, but they're like my lowest ones. So more, I think it was a peach and apricotty one uh, with a Greek type yogurt.
0: Yeah, I see. But did you not but, go, there were some like like toffee ones and whatever where they have so like no, I cannot
1: mm. cope with chocolate mousse, toffee mousse, toffee yogurt is the worst. So I love toffee and caramel, but I cannot bear it in a yogurt. It tips me over the edge. It's too much. It has to be like a tart fruit.
0: I feel a bit do you feel
1: disappointed it's feel... it's fair like all those suspicions you had about me then, <laughs> they've turned no, out to man. be true what yeah
0: my favourite flavour is actually the cherry one there's a kind of oh I um, love cherry. cherry that was good because the cherry bits you'd actually get like proper like clumps of cherry it was really oh good. I
1: the talking about chocolate ones I remember there was ones with like loads of little white and brown balls they were interesting but I didn't like them I think they were like t- they were just loads of little tiny balls in the little oh, corner yeah I
0: yeah do that was like those? Um, yeah Nope. That's no, yeah, me neither. Okay, we need to find something that's going to unify us at the end because I feel like we've
1: kind What of... about the cat one? I like the cat tweet. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've
0: um, seen this one, so tell me.
1: This, was re- this is really cute. And it's so cat-like. So there, it was a tweet by Chris Webb, and he said, About five months ago, my dad's cat, Chico, went missing. They did the usual searches, but eventually accepted that he was gone. Yesterday, they tearfully got rid of his bed, feeding trays, etc. This morning, he jumped on their bed, yeah. And yowled for food. And the picture is so funny because it's just like this nonplussed cat, cat just sitting yeah. on the bed as if to say, so what? Like, yeah. I've only been gone five months. What's your deal?
0: He was clean and very well fed. It looks like he's been looked after elsewhere. I just love the gets. cheeky kit waiting yeah. until they got rid of everything before turning up again. Oh, for God's sake. But
1: I, I love hearing those stories where there was one once where someone was looking at the right move listing in their street and then their cat was on the bed of the listing and so they realized that the cat was like also pretending he was we conned that family into like, looking after him and they realized their cat had about four different families <laughs> and would be getting fed in various places each night but yeah imagine just being on right move and be like that's my cat on that yeah bed. yeah you. yeah little bugger yeah
0: i noticed that noodle kind of sashayed in whilst we were kind she of talking is, about and some can deep, you-
1: deep topics i could see her. She's literally fast asleep, but she has this issue with her back leg that she just can't control it, and it just sticks out wherever she does. Oh. So it's it it looks like a, like a dancing point, as if she's. <laughs> yeah. But no matter what she does, it always just sticks out. You, and I just hear it sometimes in the middle of the night. So if she's lying on the laminate floor, I'll just hear the leg just go, and it just can't. But yeah, she she's fast asleep on the sofa bed. I think she that's clearly her new bed now, according yeah, to her.
0: Better.
1: Cool. Yeah. we're out of time. It's flown by, as it joyful as always.
0: All yeah. that remains is to thank you. Thank you so much. And yes, thank you, Tharusha. Thank you, and, everyone. Yeah, thank you for listening, and we'll speak to you next week.
1: Yeah, see, see you next week. week. Take care. Bye bye. bye.